Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Mother's Day. Say happy Mother's Day, obviously, to my mom, Dorothy, to Olivia, my sister, and all the wonderful moms out there in the One Rental at a Time family. Hope you have an amazing day. Thank you for all you do. It's just, uh, you know, none of us would be here without you, and we appreciate everything you do every single day. Mother's Day should be, frankly, every day, not just one day a year. So I'm out in a walk with a walk with uh, Happy and Sunny, and I am going to attempt to do the daily financial news while walking, looking at my notes. We will see how this goes today. So first thing I want to talk about uh, next week is we have some pretty big economic data coming. It starts Tuesday with retail sales. Retail sales is going to be an interesting one. I think it's actually going to be interesting because the experts, I think, are being over-optimistic again. And I'll give you the data here. So retail sales, if you remember, last month was surprisingly weak. It came in at negative 0.5% when expectations were for a positive number. This month, again on Tuesday, the expectation is for 0.7 positive. I don't know about you, but uh, when I'm thinking about the retail sales and what we have been through in the last month, I'm not sure I see a positive number. So let's just say I personally am taking the under, and it will be interesting because we start getting uh, reports on retail next week, like Home Depot and Target and TJX and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see what retail sales show us on Tuesday. Uh, Then Thursday, we obviously will get the weekly unemployment claims. Again, remember last week, we surprised higher. I think it was higher by like 22,000, something of that nature. You know, it's it's certainly too early to call a trend. Uh, But it is certainly possible that we are seeing the first signs of the job market breaking. So we we got to pay attention. That weekly number every Thursday morning is important and will probably be our first It'll be our first indicator because it's something you and I can trend uh, with the weekly unemployment claims. So expectations this week were 254. Last week came in at 264. Uh, So we will uh, need to look at that. Uh, Also, existing home sales. Obviously, this channel, one rental at a time, we talk about existing home sales. It's the lion share of the market. Remember, we called the bottom at 4 million, which we hit uh, last month, surprised higher at 4.4 million. Um, actually it surprised lower, but even lower than I expected it as I recall, uh, but not by much this month. It's expected to come in at 4.3 million sales. And again, remember that's an annualized number. Basically they will take the sales for April. Uh, they will do a yearly kind of calculation and publish that. Uh, so if last month was 4.4, this month is expected to be down 4.3. I don't know about you, but, you know, I'm hearing things are really hot at the low end, but there's no inventory. So it will be very interesting to look at this. I, uh, 
I actually think 4.3 is a pretty good number this time. You know, if you watch the channel, I disagree with the experts a lot. I actually think 4.3 is a decent number this uh, this month. If I had to take the over under, I would take the under, maybe like 4.28, 4.27. But again, that's a that's a pretty good line if you're going to put something out there. So, um, and then on Friday we get Jerome Powell. Jerome Powell is speaking. Uh, on Friday, you never know what he's going to say. Uh, I think it was pretty clear at his last meeting that he is—he has a different opinion than his team, I guess I would say. Right, his team is calling a recession. His team is kind of warning about what's coming. And Powell's, Powell's basically saying, no, we're going higher for longer. Uh, and he still thinks a soft landing is certainly possible. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, obviously, we talk about ChatGPT a couple of times. We just had some conversations with the CEO of Hemlane talking about how to use artificial intelligence in your business. Uh, so we talked about that a lot. And uh, the All In podcast just announced, and that's at least where I heard it, at Google's I.O. developer conference, that Google has announced their uh, answer to ChatGPT. I think it's interesting, right? It is a large language model they call Palm 2. Uh, we'll see where this battle goes. Obviously, it's kind of an arms race, uh, so we will uh, we'll be watching that for sure. But again, it's it's uh, certainly not slowing down in the artificial intelligence race. I think that is true. Uh, not sure if you saw this, but Lance Lambert, our Thursday expert from Fortune, uh, he put out an article in Fortune. I think it was last week, talking about institutional buyers being down ninety percent. Uh, you know, year on year, let's be clear. That probably makes a ton of sense, right? We have seen iBuyers essentially disappear. We have seen American Homes for Rent and others kind of back away as interest rates went higher. Uh, so it's probably not shocking that those numbers are down. But to that end, what do we see? JP Morgan. JP Morgan just bought a, I wanna make sure I have the numbers right, 184 units in Florida for $59 million. The rents on those average between $2,400 and $3,000. Uh, remember JP Morgan? I think it was Q3 of last year, announced that they have put a billion dollars aside to really enter the build for rent or single family market. Uh, I think we need to realize that uh, this is coming. Institutional buyers uh, won't be gone for long. And, and again, JP Morgan stepped in with a pretty significant purchase at $59 million. Uh, and again, having a billion dollars out there to deploy. One sec, I gotta get my notes to the next page, I'm sorry. Walking dogs and doing this is not as easy as it looks. Uh, talk about, yeah, John Burns put out that calculation that institutional buyers backed away 90%, you know, January, February. Uh, Invitation Homes, interesting read. Invitation Homes was actually a net seller in Q1. Uh, Invitation Homes sold 297 homes and only bought 194. Why is that interesting? Because they are the largest single-family landlord in the country. Uh, so, but they were net sellers. Uh, there is a company called Wolfsman Development, who has sole focus on build-for-rent communities. Uh, they actually have a pipeline of 2,000 units. 2,000 units in the pipeline. The value of that is about one billion dollars. I do think coming forward that build for rent is going to be a significant model. We've talked about it over the last nine to 12 months. 
those projects are now coming online. Uh, and I expect to see more of those in the next six to nine months, because obviously it takes a while to build communities, lease them up, things of that nature. Don't know if you're looking at Redfin. Uh, Redfin put out a very interesting report about the housing market accelerating. What does that mean? Well, according to Redfin, it is the highest rate in the last 11 months for homes going into contract. 47.7% of homes, let's call it half, of new listings are in contract in the first two weeks. Yeah, 50%. That is the highest rate in the last 11 months. So what you and I are talking about in the housing market feeling kind of different, right? Kind of like last year, kind of at the low end or below the median is actually showing up in the data. Uh, five markets where prices are dropping. This again, are data year on year, uh, which I uh, will be interesting about. Uh, looks like somebody is at the uh, Gammon event, All Nighter Hider. Let's see, Robert is emceeing the event and doing a great job. No bearish sentiment on real estate at this event. Oh, cool. That's good. Uh, so where was I? Five markets where prices are going down. These are the ones that we've talked about. Uh, Austin, Texas, <coughs> excuse me, down 13.6%. Uh, Seattle, down 9.5%. San Francisco, down 89 I will be honest, that surprised me that it was only 89 uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh down 5.4%. And finally, New York down 22 so very interesting stuff. Let me take a look at my third page. This is hard to juggle. Oh, uh, I did see a report again from Lance Lambert that I thought was interesting that you and I should talk about. Uh, there's obviously threat of debt default going on right now. I do think it's political theater. I think we've been here before. Uh, I think worst case scenario is actually pretty bad. It's a debt downgrade, pretty much like S&P did to us last time in 2011. I don't think there's any chance we don't pay our bills. At least I want to hope that's true. Uh, because if we don't, uh, I, frankly, we don't know what will happen. But uh, Lance uh, and Zillow took a shot at painting the picture of what would almost immediately happen. First thing, uh, obviously, we would enter a recession, which I would argue we are already in. But we would see 30-year mortgage rates jump to 8.4%. Uh, sales would fall 23%. So let me put some numbers on that. Uh, when they say sales falling 23%, that's existing home sales. We just talked about this month being 4.3, I think. So we're talking about existing home sales going down to something like 3.4 million. That would be a significant drop. Uh, that's about 700,000 sales not occurring because again, affordability. Uh, with rates up to 8.4%, can you imagine? 30-year money, owner rock, 20%, best credit, 8.4%. That would lock up the housing market. It would just, it would freeze overnight, in my opinion. Uh, so that is very interesting. And they do think that values would go down about 5%. So pretty interesting stuff. So that is the uh, end of, um, let me see. Oh, that is the end of kind of the daily financial news. If you want to drop off, you won't hurt my feelings. But I do want to talk about the event I was at in Fresno. I want to thank everybody from One Rental at a Time that came out. I think we took 50 or so pictures. Uh, but I want to talk about kind of the three questions that I got uh, because I thought it was pretty interesting. Because um, I, think, I think we should talk about them. So one of the questions I got, again, daily financial news over. 
I want to I want to share with you three questions I got from the event, just so you know what people are thinking about. So, uh, one, I got a question from a young man who is in contract, right, pending to buy a home, a property that he intends to house hack with his wife. Uh, by house hack, he means he's going to rent out a bedroom uh, to, uh, I guess, a family friend, and he's nervous. So a couple of things. He's like, hey, my friends, my family are telling me I'm an idiot. Why am I buying a house today? We're going into a recession, all of that stuff. So I want to kind of share with you the situation and ask you what you would do. So again, he's putting 7% down. They have the money. He's getting a conventional loan. The payment on that loan is less than the rent he is paying today. Said another way, let's say he's paying $1,500 in rent. His mortgage payment for something he would own is $1,400. So right off the bat, he is saving money. Now, owning a home is certainly different than renting. There's repairs, all of those things. You and I get that. But net, net, he is not in a worse position. It's not like his rent is going from 1500 to a mortgage payment of 3000 It's actually less. And then let's not forget, he is talking about house hacking. So he tells me, worst case, he will be able just via renting one bedroom, uh, be able to cut his payment in half. He would be responsible for half of that $1,500. So again, I think you could argue that that is a net positive. And that's what I shared with him. Again, 30-year fixed rate debt, he can afford it, all of those good things. So um, I did think that I didn't see any downside there. Again, 30-year fixed rate debt, all of those things. But I would love to hear from you on that one. It's crazy what your friends and family will tell you. Don't make a financial decision that actually saves you money. And you own the asset. And you get appreciation. And this and that. Kind of crazy. Next, I talked to a young man who was clearly in stress. Clearly. I'm going to guess he was 25. Might have been 26. I'm old, so I don't know. Maybe he's 30. But he was young, younger than my daughter. And he pulled me aside. He was clearly nervous. And he basically started with, I think I need to get a job. I'm like, that's, that's, that's an interesting way to start a discussion. And I said, well, tell me more. So basically, this is what happened to him. About a year ago, you know, he went to real estate events and he was essentially sold this real estate investing is easy, uh, burn the bridge, go all in, you know, pay for my mentorship. He put it on credit cards, all this nonsense. And um, let's just say it's not going well. He basically said, you know, is getting a job a sign of failure? And oh, by the way, he's married. This is not like he's a single guy who can live on uh, ramen noodles or whatever it is. So um, I basically told him I don't agree with that strategy. Now, it certainly works for someone, and maybe it, uh, it plays well on social media. But if you know my story, I had a job, you know, the whole time. And I think, you know, getting a W-2, being bankable, getting the best rates, all of those things is a good thing, not a bad thing. And so we talked about that and I, I, you know, I clearly told him, go get a job. You know, you're, you're clearly stressed out and, um, 
yeah, I mean, there's, I, I basically told them that would not be a sign of failure. Uh, you can still continue investing. You can still continue learning your market. Um, you know, all of those things. But I thought it was, I thought it was really eye-opening that, I don't know, real estate investors or gurus put out that strategy of quit your job. You're not a man, you know, you're a failure, blah, blah, blah. If you don't do this full time, why are you weak? Whatever, you know, whatever that is, that is such horrible advice for most people. It is very disingenuous. And then finally, you know, the, the question I get a lot of times, obviously, is investing out of state. Uh, really where I went with this question is I think investing out of state can work, but I think everybody or at least most people do it wrong. I believe most people go out of state investing, get excited by a deal or the spreadsheet, the yield, whatever. They get excited by a deal, then they get excited by the market. Then they look to build a team. I believe with 100% clarity that that is ass backwards. If you are going to invest out of state, it starts with your team. Starts with your team. So Josh, hey buddy, thank you for the super chat. I appreciate you. That's very nice of you. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Uh, so again, it starts with the team. The team, the team, the team, the team, the team. I want, again, I've used this story and I believe it with everything I say. Will someone on that team or in that market come to my funeral? I want them to get on a plane, fly to the funeral, dress up, say a few nice words. If not, not a place I want to be in my opinion. So that's step number one, the team. Then it's the market. Is this market where I wanna be? Do I like the rent laws? Is it growing? Is it shrinking? What is going on? And then finally, it is the deal. So again, these are, these are all important things. Again, I essentially, I invest out of area, right? Fresno is technically or is in California, but it's two and a half hours away. You can get a lot of places on an airplane in two and a half hours. So again, investing out of area works, but it starts with the team. And I found this out the hard way, right? I fired the first you know, five property managers we had in the beginning because I didn't have the right team. I didn't know what I was looking for and all of those things. So at the end of the day, I want you to have an amazing Mother's Day. Make sure you call your mom if you can. If she's uh, no longer with us, I am sorry. Think about her, send some good vibes, good mojo out there. Uh, Lots of moms out there in the one rental at a time universe. Uh, I want to thank you for being a part of this. Uh, women make the world go round. Uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you. And then finally, don't forget about what we're doing next Sunday. Next Sunday, we have the one and only Dion, Matt, Mike, and I uh, going live for three hours, answering your questions. We'll talk about out-of-state investing, I am sure. We will look at your portfolios. I expect a lot of questions being kind of portfolio review. You know, talk about 1031, when to ladder up, when to go big, how to recycle capital. You're going to get for 47 bucks and only 100 of you. Actually, it's like 52 of you. There's only 52 spots left. Uh, we'll be able to ask any question you want. Uh, this is a, a meeting, not a presentation. No PowerPoint. I won't do those. So if you want to be a part of that, you feel stuck. You want to ask questions about your situation. You're going to have four very experienced players you know, over probably over 400 units, uh, financially free on the journey, house hacking, whatever it is, you got to come. I'll try to put the link below if I remember. Uh, if you need the link, you can ask. It's on Eventbrite. Uh, these sessions are 
exceeding my expectations. And I hope to see you there. So take care. Happy Mother's Day one more time. Uh, thanks for watching this. This is clearly not as easy as my normal daily financial news. So thank you for the, you know, thank you for being here this whole time. Take care. Bye.